0: From 1023 KRMG and SAID Music, this is School Music Notes for Life. This week's guest, my buddy and KRMG traffic reporter, John Philbeck. John was once a member of the Sepulpa Chieftain Band, and it was a time that formed who he is today.
1: I played saxophone. Um, yeah, I was in the, uh, the the marching band there, which was a lot of fun, of course. And in the, in the spring season, that's the concert band, but I was also involved in the jazz band which I enjoyed too. And I played alto uh, when I marched and in the concert band primarily, but and I did some alto, but really enjoyed playing Barry in the uh, jazz band.
0: You know that our general manager, Kathy Gunther, is a Barry sax player and just really? got a new Barry sax. yeah. I did not know that, actually. <laughs> yes, yes. In fact, we need to interview her for this podcast. Absolutely. Do you remember, um, I don't know if it was fifth, sixth grade, do you remember the when you selected your instrument?
1: I do remember uh, it it was it was the summer before sixth grade. I remember as you were you were in Sepulpa, elementary school went up through fifth grade, and then in sixth grade, you started middle school. And after fifth grade, that summer, you could start early private lessons if you wanted to, and you get to pick your instrument. And I remember I picked the saxophone. And my parents didn't like it because at the time that was the most expensive instrument you could <laughs> buy. You know, they wanted me to play trumpet or, or something that was a little less expensive. But I, for whatever reason, I, I honestly don't know why I, I really enjoyed the saxophone. I, I liked listening to that music and wanted to play that. So that's where I started at that time.
0: Do you have fond memories of school music?
1: Very much so. Very much so. There's, um, uh, especially when I was getting into, uh, uh, junior high and high school, uh, my, uh, my band director, I had two, two band directors in particular that were, uh, uh, very important to me. One of them is George Bright, whose name is on the building now in Sepulpa. Uh, the other one who followed him is Dean Cole. And, uh, when I was growing up and, um, my parents were going through a divorce and I had kind of a strained relationship, uh, with my dad, uh, Dean Cole, especially, kind of took me under under his wing and was really that father figure that I didn't have. So I had a real tight connection with him, uh, also with George Bright. I just I, I loved the music. It wasn't something that came easy to me. You know, my wife is a musician and she's one of those people that hardly ever had to practice or or anything. Uh, it just came real natural to her. Um, but for me, I always had to work so hard. It did not come natural to me. I practiced nonstop just so that I could be first chair and could go to the, the contests and, and get the ratings that I wanted. But I, it's, it was almost a mind over matter deal. I just wanted to do it so bad that I just uh, kind of put in the time and forced myself to be able to do it.
0: Do you think that's the lasting lesson that you got from instrumental music or was some, you know, obviously it's one of them, but do you think that's the key one or do you think it's something else?
1: Well, yes, it is a key one. Um, the, it really taught me that if there's anything that I want, I have to work for it. And it, nothing is ever handed to you. And, and, you know, there are some things we have natural skills to do this or that or the other. But what, what really, when I had to work for that music, it taught me that if there's something that I want enough and if I work hard enough at it, I can achieve it. Um, but I also found that the music for me was really a release you know, if if I was having pains with, you know, from from home or, or pressures from school or, or whatever, um, I, I would sit back and I could play. I could listen to some of the jazz music I like to listen to um, and then try to play it myself. I, uh, you know, end up doing a little bit of music writing, but it ended up being almost comforting and and certainly a, a release just to be able and enjoy the music.
0: Do you still noodle around on your saxophone? You still have it?
1: I do. I still have. I have a few horns now. Um, I play the the alto probably more than anything else. Uh, I play in church, uh, community bands, which I've tried to keep up with uh, ever since college. Um, you know, I never had the desire to be a professional musician. I just I love to play, but I didn't want to to only do that. <laughs> so I've I've kind of been been involved in in some of the uh, community bands, uh, you know, across Oklahoma and and different areas, and still am in my church as well, too. But I just don't get to play as much as I used to.
0: I've talked already on this podcast about how um, performing music in, in those years still applies to what I do now, that performance is performance. When you're on the air, can you draw any parallels between what you do on the radio and what you did on the stage or on the marching band field?
1: well, you really can because it's when you're when you are performing, you focus is key you really have to pay attention to you know what you're doing if you're in the marching field it's it's what's my next move what's the next page that i'm supposed to hit when you're playing the music you really have to know what what is the emotion i'm trying to invoke here is my body language what it's supposed to be there's all of these things that are going through your head when you're on the stage in a performance situation and on the radio it's the same thing uh, you know, a, a buddy of mine who works in Radio too. one of the things he always said was, know what you're going to say before you open the mic. And it's true. You really – you have to think farther down the road and you have to think in terms of how am I going to deliver what I'm trying to deliver in the most effective way. and And that concept is the same – when we are on the radio, which is less of a performance situation for what we do, but the concept is still the same. Am I effectively delivering in my performance or in my broadcast what I want to do? And I have to think ahead and look down the road to do that.
0: What do you think, looking back, your mom and dad would say about that investment in that expensive saxophone?
1: <laughs> well, my... Uh, uh, I know that my mom enjoyed it. She she would come to all of my concerts and and even bought me another horn years later that was much nicer than the the original student line little Yamaha alto sax that I had to start with. I still have that horn, by the way. Uh, my dad liked it, um, uh, especially when I was in college uh, in the marching band at University of Oklahoma. He loved that and and just. I think, being able to try to pick me out. So I think that they would be happy with it now, probably my mom more so than my dad because she really enjoyed the music too. Uh, but but I think that they would be happy with that investment now. At least I'm still using it years later.
0: <laughs> take, well, take that one step further then and, and talk directly to any parents that might be listening whose kids are in fifth grade going into sixth. They've, you know, band directors have lost their recruitment opportunities here with the schools going out. Uh, so early, so uh, it's kind of up to us to talk to parents about it, but what would you tell them
1: well it it is important you know there's there's with so many cuts that are going through schools now and and they tend to cut the arts and they cut music and they cut the art classes and and it it's, it really is a shame because that's what that's what teaches. Kids, young people who are are developing their minds and developing uh, to what type of adult they're going to be. Uh, where is their passion? Where is their love? Where what is going to drive them? And wh- while I don't discount uh, any particular subjects in school by any means, uh, music has taught me how to connect with people. In a better way which is is very important it whether you're in a marriage whether you're in in a job situation you have to know how to understand and read other people and music has taught me patience because it was so difficult for me to learn how to do it Um, if you're wanting to a child who is searching and a lot of kids are are looking for what is their thing what do they want uh, a lot default to sports which I enjoy too. But I think that if if a child can really have an opportunity in music, and, and I I like vocal music and instrumental music, but I'm really more partial to the instrumental music part of it probably. Um, if they can really have their opportunity and their shot and they can learn what they can create, if they really let that creati- creativity come out and they – Explore all the options that they have through music. Those are lessons that they take on for the rest of their lives. And I have seen with my own eyes, even working with youth, you know, as an adult working with youth now, I've seen the way music can bring joy to kids that are depressed which is a real problem, that can almost diffuse for a while the bullying that they would have either online or at school. It's not that it's a distraction. It's that it brings peace and it brings joy into something that they're having a tough time going through right now.
0: Well put, my friend. Thank you.
1: Of course.